This is a show with no particular niche. Baby, it's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Hello and welcome to That Thing with James, a podcast about nothing in particular. I'm your host, James. And in today's episode, I am going to, well, not just me, but you and I, we, us, the royal, well, maybe not the royal we, the common we, the people, will continue the exploration of my grandfather's document, of his diary, of his trip to Poland in 19, I believe it was 1978. Yes, this is part, let's see, what are we at? Five of Grandpa Goes to the Eastern Block. Now, if you're just hopping in here and don't know what's going on, well, if this is your first time on the podcast, welcome. Nice to have you. This is uh, just a chat. You know, it's just a hangout. It's a chill thing. As the intro implies, the show's usually about nothing in particular. However, somewhat recently, in very recent history, a cousin of mine gave me a copy of a typed transcript uh, 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 or a transcript that my grandfather typed up of a diary he kept of a trip he made to Poland, right? So in the late 70s, he was an older man. My grandpa was a World War II veteran who served in the European theater. He was at all the major stuff, uh, the Battle of the Bulge, Verdun, so on, so forth. Um, And as far as I know, after the war ended, he did not go back to Europe until the late 1970s when he had created gotten in contact with somewhat distant relatives not not too distant relatives because he was he's long since passed away my grandfather um he if you hear a rumbling in the sound i record this show in my apartment so you might hear loud motorcycles or there's a dude driving a jeepers creepers truck real real dude's a total fucking slob and and so is his truck so if you're hearing rumbling that's what that is uh sorry where was i going yes my grandpa later in life um started doing genealogy for his family and he got to a point where he kind of reached a dead end where he could only get so many documents here in the U.S. because his family had not been in the U.S. for that long. He was, I believe it, uh, hopefully I'm getting the number right, a first-generation Polish-American. He was born in America, back east, but his mom was from Poland. And till the day she died, she spoke Polish. It was an exclusively, he grew up, my, my grandpa grew up in an exclusively Polish-speaking household. Uh, now, he became bilingual, or actually kind of quadrilingual to, a, to an extent, but he, he's, 
spoke English, he went to college and everything here in the U.S., served, so on and so forth. Um, and so when I say he reached out to distant relatives, that's what I mean when I say they probably weren't that distant of cousins, so on and so forth. But he made contact with them in the late 70s. And by this time, so the first time my grandpa was in Europe, uh, they were taking it back from the Nazis, okay? Uh, and then in the late 70s, uh, my grandpa goes back to Europe, back to some of the countries he'd been to when they were uh, Nazi-occupied. And now a lot of these countries were part of the um, USS, well, not the USSR, but uh, sort of affiliated to that. It was the Socialist Eastern Bloc. So he went to Eastern Europe uh, during two different ideologies, so to speak. Um, and if, yeah, if you're just hopping in now, I encourage you maybe start with part one so you can, you know, experience the full story. Now, I do want to note, uh, I'm doing this in several parts. Um, I'm reading a, I'm reading part of it during these free episodes, and then I'm continuing the reading in the bonus episodes. So this is part five. So that means parts one and three are free, but parts two and four are behind a paywall at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Um, that way, if you become a patron, you can get access to the whole story here, plus a lot. I've got a lot, a lot of other bonus episodes and bonus content on there. Plus, it helps support my efforts in this show. So once again, if you want to help support the show and get access to the full story, my full you know, grandpa's story and all sorts of other bonus episodes, become a member at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Your support is greatly appreciated and a huge thank you to those of you who already support the show. Now, I also want to note, if you happen to be a relative of mine and you do want to hear my reading and commentary on my grandpa's uh, diary, here, his, his, his travel log, um, I do not want you to feel like I'm forcing you to have to pay for it. So if you're related to me, reach out to me, like DM me or send me an email and I can just give you access. Unless you want to help support the show, that's great, but I do not want you to feel like it's necessary. I don't want you to feel like I'm forcing you to pay a family member to, you know, talk about a family member, okay? Um, and I also want to note that the, the previous two free parts, parts one and three, I had some issues, okay? Uh, they were both like, let's round up, like 50-minute episodes, both of the free ones so far. And my camera was recording fine. If you're just an audio listener, there's video of this on YouTube. Uh, just look for That Thing with James. That's the name of my channel. Uh, long story short, the file corrupted on the previous two free parts. It recorded the entire episode, and then when I hit stop record, the camera damn froze, restarted, and the file 
both times for parts one and three was just gone as if I had never recorded it. So I've done three things here. I've done three things to hopefully prevent that from happening in this free episode. I do want to note, though, that um, parts two and four, the the two Patreon you know, parts of this, this story, those videos survived. So, so far, uh, excluding this episode, 50% of the video was gone, but the, uh, the Patreon, the two Patreon parts existing before this week, those videos are fine, the whole thing. So I've done three things to hopefully mitigate so that this doesn't happen again. I've updated my camera. I updated the firmware because I hadn't done that in like two years. I updated the firmware. All right. I'm also recording the video at a lower resolution. I usually record at 2K uh, just for a little bit more, uh, you know, more crisp picture. But instead I'm recording at 1080p. So you might not care, but it, it's up to me. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Not not a toxic perfectionist, but I, I do want the best possible that I can achieve and manage within my time, with my limited time and resources. Um, but I'm doing 1080p, so it's a smaller file, so hopefully the camera doesn't like get overheated or something. And, and then the third thing I've done is talk to my grandpa. Yes, he's long since passed. I think he died... Uh, maybe I was five. I don't know. Like a lot of my relatives passed away by the time I was five. Um, but he was around sometime in the first few years of my life. And then he passed on, but I still spoke with him. Uh, and I believe we've come to an agreement if he can hear me. Um, yeah. So, that's the long way of saying, uh, if, if you're just hopping into the middle of this, I, I encourage you start at part one, but don't be surprised if there's no video because there were some weird issues happening on the free episodes. Uh, and if you want the whole thing, patreon.com slash that thing with James, uh, I've got other, my socials and everything else. I'm just going to list in this episode description. I'm already getting lost in the weeds with this intro and I'm just anxious to get on with this story here. So if you don't want to go back to part one, or if you've been watching and or listening, but uh, need a little refresher, here's the refresher off the top of my head. Okay. Grandpa John, my, my maternal grandpa John is a Polish American who was a World War II vet who later in life started doing uh, genealogy as a, you know, side project. He had a lot of different projects. I'm actually, my computer and, and microphone and everything is sitting on two little side tables that my grandpa made because he did a little bit of like uh, uh, furniture, carpentry as well um, as a pastime later in life. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, he was doing gene genealogy, but ran into a dead end in the U S and needed to, if, if he wished to, 
go further back in time to expand and go deeper on the family tree, he would need to go to Poland and meet up with family members whom I do not believe he had ever met before, whom he might have heard of but had not met in person before. And he would also need to go to the old churches around where his parents were from, my, my great-grandparents were from, to look at church documents and such, because that's the only place that would really have birth certificates, uh, death certificates, um, marriage certificates, that sort of stuff, baptisms and everything. We're Catholic, all right? Uh, don't let the nose fool you. Some people think I'm Jewish for some reason because of my nose. I think that's a little fucked up for you to say personally. I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy. I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. I, I, no funny business. So there was a priest who was getting into funny business and he always skeeved me out. When I was a little kid, like a tween, like 11 or 12 years old, I did not like that guy. And then he went away. Years later, we found out that uh, he had been involved in some, let's say, really fucked up stuff with young boys and the church knew about it and kept giving him work anyway. That's a totally different conversation. Uh, but the recap. Okay. The story starts. My grandpa goes, uh, he's in uh, Austria and he's getting on a train. He's going from like Germany into Austria, into Czech and then up into Poland. He's taking trains, and he ran into a bunch of issues with, uh, once he got into Poland, with like uh, Polish authorities, inspectors, and security guards and stuff, basically giving him and everyone else a bit of a shakedown, but especially him, because he was not just a foreigner, he was an American foreigner. And not just an American foreigner, but American, but an American foreigner who was taking notes and journals. And they went through, these inspectors leafed through all of these journals to see if he's a spy, right? So my grandpa wrote his journals in code. He, he created, he crafted his own personal secret code for his journals so that, uh, like, he, he's still writing in English, but he's using a lot of, um, yeah, just different code words uh, for himself that he could use and then decode to uh, transcribe it into typed format, which is what I have right here in a little plastic red binder that my cousin gave me not too long ago. Thanks, cuz. Um, they did that. They were shaking him down for money. So my grandpa was writing in secret code. He had money strapped, like, like dollar bills and etc., strapped to his person, like strapped onto his skin, under his clothes, stowed away all over the different place so he wouldn't, you know, get totally picked off because he suspected he was going to get a shakedown, and sure enough, he did. But he didn't, what he didn't anticipate is the shakedown that he would later get from at least one of his family members. 
Because when he gets to Poland, he gets uh, off and he meets up with uh, a cousin that he's staying with. It's a, a, a woman and her husband. And so my grandpa goes to stay with them. The husband has to keep working. He can't get off work or he needs to keep working. Uh, but uh, the, the, the female cousin, the woman cousin, uh, requested off work uh, for the span of time that uh, my grandpa would be in country. And so together they go out into these rural areas in this like little uh, red Russian car. And my grandpa cannot find first, second, or reverse gears on the thing because it's a stick shift. And, and they're driving on these unpaved roads that are, have just have him terrified. They're, they're rocky, they're muddy, they're full of crazy holes and stuff. Like, you could very easily get stuck, especially in this little red car. Uh, but the cousin was like, this car was made for working people. It can handle it. Just power through. And my grandpa was like, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. And she was like, just do it. Just keep going. And so they kept going and then they got to these other houses and he met up with some more of his extended family. And it turns out there's some static between his mom's family and his dad's family because uh, he had met with the, the dad's family when we left off. And he said he was going to go meet up with members from his mom's side of the family unless I'm getting it backwards, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but the, the dad side relatives were saying, do not trust them. They're bad people. They're trashy. Don't believe anything they have to say. But then that same relative who gave that warning later was like, can you give me some more money? Maybe some more money. Uh, my grandpa had also brought a bunch of like uh, Levi jeans and nylon stockings and batteries and like aspirin. I don't know if he brought batteries, but he brought aspirin uh, because this was stuff that uh, his family members in Poland, especially since they were like way out in the country, like rural folk, um, they either it was very difficult to come by some of these things or just straight up, they couldn't get it ever. Uh, so my grandpa brought this stuff. And part of when he was getting shaken down, and, and there's like, when he was getting inspected at these train stations and stuff, uh, the workers and the inspectors are all tipping each other off and bickering and stuff. They're all giving each other kickbacks and shit. And then they're looking at my grandpa's bag and they're like, what are all these nylons for? Is this for personal stuff or are you here to sell this stuff? And my grandpa's like, uh, this, is, this is stuff I'm bringing. I'm not selling it. I'm, I'm bringing it to relatives. And the inspector is giving him some shit about it. But uh, this other worker that comes in out of nowhere uh, starts bickering with the inspector, and they have a little spat. But then eventually the inspector leaves because the, this you know, other worker that came in, you know, uh, you know, sweet talked him into fucking leaving. And then that worker looks at my grandpa and my grandpa tips him a 20 or something for helping him out. And the worker's like, it doesn't matter what's in your bag. Always, always say it's yours. It's personal use and it's yours. Don't say anything else. Got it? 
And my grandpa was like, okay, noted. Here's another bill for you. Sweet. Five bucks. That's like several hundred, oh, whatever, you know, Polish marks, whatever they were called, lufkas or whatever. So that's the rundown. Uh, and uh, let's just pick up where we left off in part four, which is behind the paywall at patreon.com slash that thing with James. I encourage you. This is a very fun thing. Jesus, this intro went a lot longer than I anticipated. Okay. I really should write this shit out. It's a lot of waste of time here. All right. Picking up page 14, uh, April 29th, 1978, Saturday. We arrived at the church in time to attend a 6.45 a.m. Mass. After the Mass, we went to the rectory where we searched books from the year 1845. We were there for about two hours and 45 minutes. If it were not for Eugenia, that's the woman he's staying with, his cousin, if it were not for Eugenia, I know that I would have had a most difficult time. The priest was of tremendous help in interpreting the handwriting. The manner in which the record was uh, wait, the manner in which the record was made, it was possible to determine the uh, illegitimate births. Uh, Eugenia called my attention to that. She also remarked to the priest that things were just as bad in the 1800s as they are today. At one time, I also asked the priest, quote-unquote, innocently, why so many births in large families were two years apart. Unfortunately, today, May 3rd, I can't recall his answer. With Eugenia, there was, er, with Eugenia, there it was a most enjoyable search. Uh, there was kidding around. It was a relaxing and interesting search. When we left her brother's farm, Eugenia had several dozen eggs in the truck. She remarked about having a chicken. So her sister-in-law caught a chicken and put it in a burlap bag, which was placed in the car trunk for the trip back to Krakow. The poor chicken remained in the bag until noon of the next day. Oh my God. Eugenia couldn't kill the chicken. She thought that her mother would that night. But since she didn't, her husband did the next day. That poor chicken. Oh my God. That evening, after supper, we went to a live theater show, a comedy. We left early for she didn't know if tickets would be available. She purchased two. Since we had time, we toured Old Krakow, which I found interesting. The basement of one of the old towers was converted into a drinking place with live piece orchestra, or with live music. The atmosphere was nice, with music from a live four-piece orchestra. The night before was one of my nights with little sleep. Um, by theater time, I was lightheaded. Throughout the entire show, I fought sleep. I did not fully understand the talking. The old theater was nice. It had four or five balconies. The main floor was slightly smaller than the auditorium in, in Colorado, in the town they lived in in Colorado. I'm censoring some of this stuff just for, you know, personal stuff. Uh, April 30th, 1978, Sunday. 
About mid-morning, Eugenia's husband took me to Vavil Castle. Uh, I forgot to count the number of rooms open to tourists, perhaps 10 to 15. All tourists must wear felt slippers over the shoes, for this preserves the marble floor in all of the rooms. The furniture thrown in the hall, like T-H-R-O-N-E, not thrown, thrown in the hall, are all very well preserved. What I saw has been maintained so that these were in better condition than I recall seeing in Spain. After the castle, I guess he'd gone to Spain before, interesting. After the castle, we went into the cathedral where many kings and queens were entombed. The main altar seats perhaps 200 people. Wow, a guess. Mass had just started. An old priest was, excuse me, an old priest was attended by two other priests and about 10 altar men. I stood in back with others for Mass. Only about 10 people received communion from a full church. All went up to the step of the altar. I was one of the 10 to receive communion. Leave it to an American, huh? Hmm. Hmm. In a small church, or in a small area of Krakow, there are 65 churches. Wow. The uh, Marionate Church has an altar uh, background of magnificent carvings. That backdrop must be about 30 to 40 feet tall. The stained glass was beautiful. Oh, at Vavil Cathedral, the choir sounded professional, very stirring and moving. I noticed a line of people on the previous day standing at a small store. It was a line waiting for meat, which is extremely scarce. After lunch, I was given a farewell song by the family Eugenia, mother, husband, and son. They then drove me to Osvesien, uh, formerly Auschwitz in Germany. Interesting. Uh, wait, Aus Auschwitz or Auschwitz? Auschwitz? Oh, it is. I'm just not familiar with these particular spellings. Let's restart this. This is important. After lunch, I was given a farewell song by the family, Eugenia, mother, husband, and son. They then drove me to Auschwitzien, formerly Auschwitz in Germany, the German prison camp during World War II, where over 4 million people were killed by gas, then cremated. A big portion of the camp has been dismantled, but some two to three dozen buildings and three crema uh, crematoriums and gas buildings were uh, retained. It is a very depressing sight to see the rooms where the people were kept. Different buildings have areas displaying suitcases, shoes, spectacles, human hair, which was shaved from the dead, uh, and eating equipment. It is very, very depressing. Um, he, my, my grandpa saw some stuff when he was in the war. Uh, from there, we went to Eugenia's sister, who has a husband, uh, brother of Eugenia's husband, 
uh, at 17 to wait, let me, let me, uh, I'm getting verklempt. Let me take a drink of water real quick and we'll get back into it. Just a second. That was refreshing. All right, let's, let's take this paragraph from the top again. From there, we went to Eugenia's sister who has a husband, brother of Eugenia's husband, comma, uh, a 17 to 18 year old son, a 15 to 16 year old daughter, and a two and a half year old daughter. All the children are good looking, the youngest stunning. All the children, uh, wait, all the children are good looking, youngest stunning. A pair of jeans I brought just fit the youngest. That was a hit. Uh, Leocagia, the sister, all sisters on the very plump side, was also a gracious host. Her husband has very thick glasses. I would love to see what these people look like. Next day, May 1st, 1978, Monday. May Day in all communist countries is a huge, colorful parade. Banners with and without slogans everywhere. Leocagia's boy was in the parade with his class. The girl was in a scouting-type uniform, uh, who was also in the parade. Their father took me downtown and placed me within 30 feet of the reviewing, red-bedecked platform. Their daughter was in the beginning portions of the parade, so she met me when her group disbanded. It was an overcast day. The city of Zabrzy, or Zabr, Zabrz, Zabrz, dude, Polish is tough. Zabrz, let's call it Zabrz. I know that's wrong. The city of Zabrz has about 200,000. It is a mining town that produces Coke. What? I th- hope, I think he might mean coal? Because he visited a coal mine at the beginning of his, uh, you know, stay in Poland as well. But it, it, let's just say what he reads, what he wrote here. This might be a typo, but it is a mining town that produces coke. He totally means coal because the next sentence is, Consequently, the air is heavily polluted with particles. After the parade had been in progress first led by thousands of grade school children, it began to rain. Uh, The girl came with her umbrella. You know, uh, jumping back to the Coke thing, I bet he was just thirsty and thinking about a Coca-Cola. He didn't do drugs. I don't even know if he drank at all. Uh, the, The girl came with her umbrella. Rather than wait and get soaked for five hours, we went home. Now the May Day Parade is supposed to be a holiday for the laborers, yet all workers have to participate. Some holiday. More platform, newspaper, see back of page. Um, I'll, I'll just put it like this. My grandpa voted for Nixon. He was a Republican. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Uh, the straps on my money pouch were stretched so that it was slipping. The missus took it in tucks for me. I'm not sure what that means. Today, I was driven to the home of the older sister in Chelads. We remained there for a short while. Then Leocagia and her husband drove me to Dambrovla Garnica to see Wanda. Uh, And then last name I'm leaving off. We took 
about an hour to try to find the place. It seems that streets are often renamed, which is then difficult to find. I met Vonda, uh, a little tubby, red cheeks, and her brother, a judge, and younger son. About 10 minutes later, uh, her husband came in. We got the usual welcome of tea, hot water for me, kielbasa, and rye bread. Lyokadja and husband were in the were in with me for I did not know whether Wanda would invite me to stay with her or not. We had been there for perhaps 20 minutes when the boy answered the doorbell. He came back and told Lyokadja th- uh, that her sister wanted to see her. This was surprising. Shortly thereafter, Lyokadja came back and said that I had a relative outside who wanted to see me. This was most surprising. So on my way out, Wanda invited me to visit with her. I, uh, I begged off until I could see this quote-unquote relative and find out what was going on. Outside was this man in his early 30s with a huge pot belly. He reminded me of my cousin Henry. Same coloring and nose like jeans. Um, the person's name, Jean. Okay. He introduced himself as Edward, last name, uh, my mother's maiden name. He had come from the Dobrova Tarnow when he had learned that I had visited Ludvika in Brezovka. Uh, some 15 to 20 miles away. Now, Ludvika had told me that she was the only relative I had in Poland. What? Edward pleaded with me to return and visit his family and mother and two sisters. At that point, I was somewhat angry first because Ludvika had lied. So Ludvika was telling him that she was the only relative he actually had. It's starting to get weird with these relatives he's meeting up because they all they all seem like they're uh, running some kind of game on him. It all seems like they're rolling him a little bit. But let's keep reading. Uh, because Ludvika had lied. It would have been so easy to have visited the last names while I was so close. Secondly, because Eugenia and husband drove Edward, uh, wait, yeah, drove Edward from Krakow. I felt that that was on impos- that was an imposition on Eugenia. It seems that Edward made inquiries in Brezhovka, and I got a lead on Eugenia. Then he took a train to Krakow to find Eugenia. He did and told her his story. They took him to the third sister's home to see me. At that moment, I had left for Wanda's. Fortunately, the older daughter of Eugenia's sister had Wanda's address, which I had given to her, for she was going to call a man in Warsaw to see if he would give me sleeping accommodations when I got there. The girl was to send a telegram to Wanda's to let me know. That's why she had the address. Because of that, Eugenia found us. I'm a little confused with all the names here, but 
I don't want to spend too much time parsing through all of it. So we'll just take it as we go along. We'll take it all in stride. Uh, now, first, going back to uh, the May Day parade where he had written uh, C back of page. So he was talking about now the May, uh, going back, now the May Day parade is supposed to be a holiday for the laborers, yet all workers have to participate. Some holiday. More platform newspaper see back of this page. So we're going to read read what he has handwritten here. And like all the handwritten things, uh, the first word of each line is kind of you know bound into the spine. So I can't read it, but I'll try to piece it together as well as I can. Uh, Cassia. Um, the girl informed me that all workers and school children had to participate in the parade. Some holiday where one spends most of the day marching. She also told me that her father was on the reviewing stand. He is a newspaper writer. Is a member of the Communist Party? Question, or is he a member of the Communist Party? Question mark. That evening... I told him that this was not a workers' holiday, uh, where that this was not a workers' holiday because they were forced to participate. Also, that something there was a TV coverage of May Day activities. Many communist in many communist countries, the announcer once said that quote workers throughout the world were having a mayday activities, unquote. I could not take that. I spoke out, quote, he is wrong. He should say that only in communist countries was there, uh, was the day a holiday, unquote. Not true, Grandpa. Mayday exists in the U.S. Uh, the father conceded I was right. I never did ask if he was a communist. He was blank and gracious throughout my visit. Um, I'm not going to get into that. I mean no disrespect, but I'm not going to get into that. There is most certainly May Day in the U.S., and the kind of attitude that derides May Day is the exact attitude that got the U.S., the world, in the situation it's in right now, where we cannot survive. That's all I'm going to say. Let's keep reading. Handwritten notes done. Uh, back to the typed stuff. Uh, it was really difficult deciding when to return to Wanda's, who sincerely wanted me to return. I first committed myself to returning Thursday. Eugenia insisted I take more time to visit Edward. Oh, I had told Edward that I would return. So I told Wanda I would be back Sunday, May 7th, 1978. Back we went to the sister's home, perhaps 45 minutes away. There we had supper. I knocked over my hot glass of water onto my left leg when I reached for some food. That night, I was still irritated over Edwards imposing on strangers. We shared the same sofa bed that night. Yokajia put in two comforters, which was helpful. And with that, uh, the next portion starts on May 2nd, but 
I think we're going to stop for this episode. If you want to catch part, let's see, this is part five. So if you want to catch part six, you're going to have to become a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Um, And also you can find me on social media. I do a uh, comedy shorts web series called Minor Tensions uh, by by Dick Whistler. You can see those on my YouTube channel, That Thing with James, and you can also find them on my TikTok account at TTWJ Productions. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle on both of those is at James J. Asher. Please come shitpost on my subreddit, r slash that thing with James. You can also uh, contact me with, if you want to say nice things to me, uh, if you have any questions, if you maybe want to give me some work or something, uh, or if there was a topic you'd love to see me cover on this show, email me at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. And you can find all of this information, including the Patreon link written in the episode description. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. And my fingers are crossed that the video does not corrupt when I hit stop record. So let's find out real quick. I love you. Here's hoping the video doesn't disappear. Bye.